to be or not to be. That is the struggle, not just a question. question is only the very beginning. And the struggle is between appearance and being. And the struggle is difficult because the Ego mind is a very primitive instrument that thinks in terms of images and that which does not appear as an image does not seem to be. And until the discernment between what is an image and what is real has been established by the mind, there can be no consistency of self-realization because the self is not an image. The self does not appear. And therefore to the ego mind, the self does not exist. And because of its terror of non-existence, the ego mind creates a set of self-images encrusted with a number of self-concepts so that its mind will always be filled with thoughts and with fantasies that assure it of its existence. The price to pay for that assurance of existence is that one lives in the past when those images that are memory traces and imaginary reactions to traumatic events in the past hold one in a state of extremely negative ideation about the nature of who one is. And so the price you pay for wanting to assure that you exist is to believe that you are bad, you are unworthy, you are childish, you are selfish. You are weak, etc., etc. Because it is only those images that have been burned in the mind through the fantasies and inabilities to love that originally stopped the flow of one's being and through that interruption created an awareness of one's existence. But that awareness comes as an insight that one is not loved and therefore one is not lovable and that the other takes one to be not your conscious presence 
but your bodily vehicle. And so the price of ensuring that you exist is to identify with a vehicle that is unlovable and inadequate and that is mortal and that is aging and dying. And so the assurance of existence comes with misery. It comes with suffering. And it comes with the loss of presence. Because those images, that misery, is always a frozen residue of past experience that is no more. And the struggle then to assure that one exists is the struggle not to be present, not to be. It is this resistance to being. Because one's being is in fact the supreme being, the being that is beyond space and time, and that never condescends to merely appear, that will never become an object to another. That highest of all beings does not exist. And therefore, to choose a relationship to God, to the real self, as the manifestation of that is to surrender one's hold upon the illusion of existence, which in fact is death in life, and to choose the being of God consciousness is to choose life, to choose to be fully alive, but that full aliveness comes at the price of the death of the illusory ego. And it is the unwillingness to let go of the illusion of the false apparent self and the commitment to trying futilely to assert its existence through having power over others and through assuring it is loved and adored by others and only its absolute adoration will be sufficient. But you can never have absolute adoration of the other because you never know what will happen in the next moment. Even if you are adored today, what about tomorrow? And so the ego is inherently fragile because it is dependent on the approval, the affirmation, the confirmation, the submission to its demands by another in order to hold itself 
in a state of belief in its worthiness. And because it cannot establish itself ever as a being who exists unalterably in the mind of another, nor can it do that in its own mind, it always collapses into the affect of dismay and despair and the anxiety of the realization that it is not real even to itself, but has been living an inauthentic life as an imposter who is clueless as to who and what it really is. And it is this hell realm of the ego that could be stepped out of so easily, so instantaneously, by simply choosing to be, to be present, to be presence, not an object that is here for another, but presence for whom there are no others. Because there is only consciousness itself. And that consciousness is beyond time and space and form. It has no figure. And that is why it is so hard for the ego to figure out that there is nothing to figure out. And that the secret is that ultimate simplicity of being without thought. It is this that is the meaning of transfiguration. You have gone beyond the identity with any figure that appears. And then, paradoxically, what appears through the figure of the form is the infinite light and love and power that are the attributes of real presence. And that transfiguration arises simply through the letting go of any identification with a figure of any kind at all. It is that willingness to be absent as a figure that makes you present as pure being. But because of the ego's terror of disappearing, it will at best oscillate between wanting to be present and wanting to appear as an object that has lost its real consciousness in order to palpate how it is being perceived by another. But the other that it wants to be perceived by can never be anything but its own projection that it throws out 
as a pseudopod of consciousness into the world that simply reflects back its own negative self-image that is begging for a compliment, for a stroke, for a sign of love. And because the ego is a beggar, it despises itself for having lost its royalty to get some crumb of affection from someone who is throwing it at you out of pity, not out of real adoration. And it is only when your presence reveals itself and your presence is seen by another who is willing to see what you are and not care what you appear to be and not be deceived by any projections based on desire or fear or affects or images and memories of the past but to be truly present with another, that otherness dissolves and presence realizes itself as the inherent unifying energy that transcends all differences and transcends the need to appear, to be seen, to be accepted, to be loved. Because beyond that is being itself. And the value of being itself transcends and overrides the ego's mind's determination to know where it stands. And it realizes that it has no standing whatsoever because it is not real. But what withstands the fall of the ego is the eternal, royal, luminous presence of the infinite self. And it is once our presence has made the ego fall away that the revelation of the presence of God that is our life, our light, our power to be, that is our true nature, becomes the consistent and eternal operating system of the body and mind that now functions simply to fulfill the benevolent will of God with no concern for the instrument as if it were some different being from God, but is simply that energy flowing into the phenomenal world as love, as bliss, as wisdom, as light, but completely without ego and therefore without suffering and without egoic worries, anxieties, despair, 
and all of those egoic pathologies that can never be eliminated except through the elimination of the belief and the appearance of the ego itself in the mind. Without the purification of the mind, of the heart, of the soul, from any desire to appear as an ego, there will be no end to being haunted by negative affects and ultimately the death drive that will reach its crescendo in a frustration in the realization of its own inability to love, its own hatred of a world which will not give it that love and that never gave it that absolute love it demanded, and in turn its own refusal to love the other as an act of vengeance against a loveless world. And it is this melodrama that the ego refuses to disengage from, even though it it means its own self-destruction, self-damnation, condemnation to living in a hell realm it will not step out of that hell realm into the paradise that awaits one and that is one's real abode, simply out of the refusal to let go of the desire to get even. It is this petty drive of the ego that is the cause of all of its disturbance and its destruction of its own happiness. And that simply through the act of forgiveness of the other, of the world, and of the ego mind itself as its last dying intention alone allows that death of ego mind that brings the fullness of supreme empowerment and true being as the blessing that comes of the one sacrifice that can make us real. A satyogi is one who has made that sacrifice. Not one who is simply contemplating one day making that sacrifice. But until it has been made, there is no yoga with sat. There is no satyogi except as an image that is just another tantalizing lie of the ego. May all choose to be real Satyogis.
the proof of which is that you are egoless. And you have no interest in existence as an object, as an appearance, as a being who goes through living and dying, filled with desires and fears, but one who abides in the royalty of eternal presence that has no need, no desire, no fear. It is that that is the proof of one's yoga. It is that alone that brings graduation from the phenomenal hell realm and without which the suffering cannot end. May you choose to be real, to be royal, to be true to the oneself that you are. Sat Chit Anand.